<laughs> uh, welcome to our podcast. This is Tea Time with the Psychos. Our vision for this podcast is to highlight mental health issues and topics while fucking shit up and enjoying tea. I am Caitlin Keneally, a psychotherapist and licensed professional counselor by the state of Wisconsin. And I'm Elizabeth Nelson, just a psycho in training and a mental health advocate. Thanks, Thanks for, for joining, joining us. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Yes. It is the afternoon here, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Well, yep. Oh, yep. Uh, yep, it yep. is. Yes, it is. Usually we meet like around 11, but yeah. today it's 1 o'clock. Yes. Um, that being said, welcome to episode 14. Yes. Holy mackerel. I still, I'm, I told Liz earlier I'm feeling a little nostalgic. I still remember when we did number one. I know. <laughs> and uh, I think I was probably still dressed in my pajamas, <laughs> looking a little wild. Um, so today, uh, thanks for joining us, and we are going to be talking about... <gasps> Mental, mental health. health because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Not that we don't talk about mental health all the time, but um, he, that is what we are specifically going to talk about today. Stigmas, where we learned about it, and then things you can actually do. Yes. 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 All right. So, Liz, starting out here, who taught let, – let, let's go back This is Kaylin's favorite question to ask <laughs> and start every episode with, by the way. I know. Well, it's just know. who taught you about mental health? I know. Honestly, I don't think that I started to learn about mental health until I started working for Girl Scouts okay. in an outreach program, and I got sent to um, trauma-informed care training Oh, back in 2013. Sure. Right? And so I think that that is when, like, I feel like I knew about it, but I feel like I probably have known some of the things we'll talk about in this a little bit. <laughs> was probably my understanding about it or not aware of like what was going on around me or if people were experiencing these things. I guess I also was taught about it and I'll share because it's mental health awareness. I was in college and I ended up getting very depressed okay. and I ended up withdrawing from college and I started seeing a therapist. And so that probably, I don't think it taught me about mental health. Mm. It just kind of helped me maybe identify the feelings that I was feeling. Okay. Um, but then I would forward into 2013 to when I did that trauma-informed care. And I learned about ACEs and I learned just about, like, effects. But, yeah, who taught you? Oh, that's a really good question. I know. <laughs> like, in hindsight, you know, my mom took me to a therapist in high school because I was required to. It wasn't because I was graciously <laughs> wanting to go, which is a lot of the population that I work with. Yeah. So I definitely understand that. It did not click for me then, right? Yeah. And then, like, it's also, I guess maybe we'll talk about this too, but, like, it's kind of something that you don't talk about in your family. Mm -hmm. So I always, anytime I do an intake with anybody, I'm like, I know this is a loaded question because, like, some people, most families don't talk about it so I feel like we didn't talk about it yeah and then I'm trying to think um even in undergrad um it wasn't like I don't know I want to say it was probably until after I graduated then moving into grad school um is because that's when my anxiety so I've always had like low level anxiety but yeah. that's when my anxiety really kicked in mm -hmm. so probably after graduation and then going to my first graduate program yeah and that's when I started to learn about it um through that yeah <laughs> and that's what I say like my master's program right now is like when you say taught me about mental health like I'm now taught, like yep. not fully, but I am well aware mm -hmm. then from 2013, then from my undergrad experience. Mm -hmm. So like, 
you know, like, I just feel like when I ask consumers that I work with, like, one of the questions is, do you feel knowledgeable with your diagnosis mm. or diagnoses? And they always say yes. And so I think, though, like, they're not, I think they're being truthful. But then, like, when I have the knowledge I have now compared to when in 2013, like, I don't know if you really do. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which then I think perpetuates this, like, I don't know, stigma with mental health because I feel like people think that they know mm. but then aren't able to, like, really articulate things or describe things sure. in a matter until they've, like, been with their mental health or practicing, like, their wellness for years with it. Sure. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with that statement. I can agree with that. A little bit of trial and error. Yes, <laughs> I guess that's probably a better way to put um, it. Yeah. But I also think, like, a lot of times what I see is people think, oh, well, that's not me, right? So you, they may know somebody who has different symptoms, whether it's anxiety symptoms, depression symptoms, PTSD, whatever it is. And then they're like, but that's not me, right? And the truth is, is that we all have mental health <laughs> issues or yeah. we all have a mental health concern, right? Yeah. So let's figure that out and kind of address it. And that's where this month, out of all of the months, is very, very important. Um, to, to bring recognize. awareness. Yeah. Like, hey, nurses, shout out. You're out there. I know it was Nurse Awareness Week, I think. And then it was Teacher Appreciation before. Yes. We, we love you. <laughs> but also it's Mental Health Awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's a good time to highlight the, like, need for it, to yeah. have those conversations. Yeah. Because I like how you said it. It's a mental health concern. Yeah. Like, and it's a season of life. Yes. And so everyone is going to be at different seasons, and their length of their season is going to be different. And if you put it in, the, I always get metaphors and analogies. But if you think <laughs> about it, right, like, it's maybe we have a longer summer because something else happened in spring that wasn't that was abnormal to like mm -hmm. the environment and how that affects and like everything has a trickle effect and so i like mental health concern because i think yeah. that that starts to bring normalcy to it but then also i don't know i just hate that when people say like oh but that's not me mm-hmm well, no, it's and not that, you. Yeah, and that's and I think that that ensues judgment, right? Yes, and that's... then that ensues, you know, it's just like this snowball effect mm -hmm. that keeps you further away from understanding what mental health really is. Now, listen, if we treated mental health the way we treat... <laughs> say heart disease. Like, don't just <laughs> sure. say phys yep. what physical wellness. Say, like, heart disease, sure. right? Like right? Well, but they, that's even when you're older. How about, like, a sore throat? Yes, okay, okay? yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, like, a, a, a chopped off finger. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> but, like, those would be things that you would most likely go to the doctor for. Yeah. Or, like, if you also had, a, like, a yearly mental health checkup, then yeah. we would be catching things earlier. Yeah. <laughs> right? Instead of waiting until all the – waiting until a catastrophe happens. Yes. All the way till the end uh -huh. and then getting your needs met. So if we did have it – so my utopia – Oh. <laughs> my utopia, hence why um, I'm, I am I do the Fondy Cares program, yeah. is because we need to start normalizing I know. And that's mental just... health in the institutions where people are at. And yes. so school is so important. Well, and check your EAP because I think that that's where people are, the work, not just schools, mm -hmm. but work are always also trying to adapt to that. Like, right, an EAP program is an employee. I'm not going to freaking know what it is off the top of my head. But they also 
provide sessions sometimes per topic to see a telehealth professional or someone else. And so I think utilizing those starts to bring that normalcy to it. Mm -hmm. But I know people are afraid to do that because they're like, oh, well, then so-and-so is going to find out my supervisor or my boss, you know, that Mm -hmm. this thing is happening. And I've heard and had many discussions with people who are concerned about, like, the Fondy Cares program. Well, you're taking now a possible safe space and making it unsafe by now having that sort of, but if it was normalized, like having that space become unsafe because they're having a therapeutic session within their day. And that's going to dysregulate somebody. Um, I know. Uh, schools so, but, are walking mental health institutions. Yes, if I know. Anything, having a clinician in there is bringing the safety to the school because I we're actually trained. Yeah. Where nobody else is. You can be trauma informed, but you're not <laughs> clinically trained in the way yes. that I am. I know. <laughs> and so, like, it just it relieves that barrier. But if it was normalized, just think about how safe that space could actually be. Right. right. Like, oh, every Thursday I go and see my therapist during fifth block or fifth hour and like that's just that right and until we normalize it we will continue to have this thing where it is people are afraid of it and then we're only seeing people once it's reached a catastrophe or like a high risk level which doesn't have to be the case like i tell everybody i'm an unbiased viewpoint that will be able to potentially help you navigate (laughs) whether it's learning a positive coping skill or we're processing severe trauma i'm trained right or like a clinic is trained for that. Yes. So it, it's, it's, it's very important. And we need to keep having these conversations. Hence why we have a whole month dedicated to it. Because the more we normalize it, the better it's going to be. We need to be able, as even as clinicians, to be able to talk about it, be vulnerable about it, and just put it out there. Yeah. Otherwise, it won't change. Right. And so... That brings us to myths about mental health because I think we kind of oh. just jumped into it sure. without, like, identifying it. But that brings me to, like, people who think that we like bringing clinicians in and I don't know if it is bringing definitely clinicians but people are like you're identifying that this child is depressed or has anxiety and back in my day or five years ago or 10 years ago we didn't identify children well our world has changed drastically like Mm -hmm. I know as an adult how social media and the internet and electronics has changed my mental health Mm -hmm. and my abilities and even transportation right like vehicles and how things go so there might be more kids identifying with those symptoms or we're just more we've also grown maybe and we're willing to identify that mm-hmm. and maybe in the past we looked past it but right right I talked we to, need to move from that identity of not talking about things it's the same yes. with suicide prevention right yeah not, we need to talk about these things because they're real and they're happening so okay 20 years ago maybe that didn't happen right but now yeah. it is a new environment so you either adapt to the new environment right or you have the old ways which clearly you know what I'm gonna say how effective was that right well, that's how I, effective was it to not talk about it yes. because guess what now we have to well i like to talk about like and i didn't grow up in that time but right when people were practicing at the schools for bombings from i don't know where we worried about russia bombing us i am not well versed in it but it's the concept like that was an important time mm-hmm. of fear at that time so it was being addressed so they mm-hmm. had to have those things where they hit under their desks and different things we don't do that today right you know and so like 
So was it wrong then? No, because it's what was happening then and it mm-hmm. had to be addressed. And so now let's look at today and what's happening today and let's address it. Mm-hmm. Well, and another myth that I hear all the time is like, oh, I don't want to be labeled mm-hmm. or I don't want to be considered crazy. Yes. <laughs> and then I love to ask people, well, what is your definition of crazy? <laughs> yeah. Can you help me understand? And, you know, try to have a dialogue and again, build as much rapport as possible because I can guarantee your definition of crazy doesn't add up to what you're, <laughs> yes. like what you're thinking it is. And I understand the label, but when I work with people, what I try to tell them is I am not trying to label you. So your diagnosis does not define who you are as a person. So let's take me, for example, my my anxiety, I don't look at myself and I'm like, Caitlin, you are anxiety. No, I say, Caitlin, you have symptoms of anxiety. How are we going to treat that? And that's how I treat my patients. Okay, so we've identified that potentially this is your diagnosis, which is PTSD, okay? Um, I don't look at you and think, damn, that's PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! No, I'm like, okay, you have symptoms of this. Let's treat the symptoms. And so that's also, we have to start normalizing and saying that it's really focusing on the symptoms and it's not really about the label because that can change over time. Yes. Right. And so I think, I don't remember what episode we talked about it because you have that great, the umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're the umbrella, but the rain that drips off or the things that are below it are the things that you're kind of trying to deal with and they're going to go away and then they could come back. Right. But you have to learn those things in order to help yourself so that when those things do come back, maybe it's not the same effect on your life that it was the initial time you identified it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you brought this up and I, because you work more directly in like a private setting but like I didn't know guns right this whole gun conversation so we'll keep it very like surface level but like that mentally ill people can't have guns or efficiently use them or like properly use them and they're the ones that are like harming individuals and so that's also why people are concerned about labeling, it's like right now I just think, and this is a very stereotypical conversation I'm going to just bring up, is like in Fond du Lac, right, our male percentage of suicide rate ages, like I think it's 32 to 50 or somewhere in there, is higher than the national average. Correct. And so I can only imagine, though, that living in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and having that fear that I'm going to lose my guns mm-hmm. or I can't get a gun because we are a very big hunting state and different things like that may actually be preventing some of these males mm-hmm. from seeking that mental health help that they're after. Right. And I never associated that until we were talking earlier about that. You know, and so I think that with gun control or this massive these mass shootings and different things, like I don't think there's a denial that mental illness is there. But that's a huge stereotype of all people who might fit into that. Yeah, a huge myth. Inaccurate. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Because just because I might have, if I had schizophrenia, doesn't mean that I'm going to go shoot people up. Right. You know what I mean? I like to talk about that one study. I'm going to have to find it so I can start citing it in places. But, you know, people in other countries don't have violent voices or delusions or hallucinations, right? They have things that tell them to clean their house more or to do more things outside. You know, they don't have these violent, like, you know, and so there's this huge stereotype of cloud that we put all people into one box, which is very inaccurate. Mm -hmm. And I think also continues with the stigma. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, it's, I've also heard a, a big thing of like, what will my employer say, mm-hmm. right? Or this like this belief. Well, I'm like, first of all, they can't discriminate against you, but yes. like that's a whole different thing. But it's also, I think, a lot of it comes down to, especially with the myths, it's really fear based, right? Yeah. And culturally, or wherever you live, like it's been fed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, the more we talk about it, I think the more we can break that stigma. Well, in the education, right? Yeah. Just because you're not a clinician, like just because Caitlin has her credentials and I don't doesn't mean that I don't feel validated to talk about it but we have also set our society up to think like oh maybe because you've suffered from this or you have this or maybe you had a family member doesn't give you the space to actually educate other people when you do mm-hmm. absolutely and that it just talking about it yes. so if we could even just start creeping it in like in your family you talk because there's a genetic and environmental component mm-hmm. I mean that's all layered but like even just saying you're like yeah I have that too or you know well my sim- anxiety symptoms right well, I get real anxious and sweaty I get I have the bowel issues yeah. I can't focus I get dizzy I mean it just to normalize <laughs> it you know I just am thinking about the ball issue yeah. and this is just like I'm like shit can't everyone just fucking work from home <laughs> if I have to shit because I have a lot of anxiety that day and it's not gonna go well I don't want to shit next to my co-worker <laughs> like I just want to be in my own bathroom oh my goodness but right if we talked about it then maybe that lady next to me would be like man yeah her anxiety must be a little high today yeah <laughs> or you could say my anxiety is high today and now I have to go poopy yeah, or I, can I just go home and work from home for the day? Like, and that be normalized? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, be, I don't know yeah. about that one. <laughs> I know. Um, breaking the stigma. Yeah. Um, what I, a bold statement. I feel like I don't think it's overused, but fuck no. I think that we use it for lots of things, but you just have to be so passionate about this, the one thing you're talking about, right? When you want to break it. Well, absolutely. Because if it wasn't a stigma, then we wouldn't be breaking it. That's you know true. what I mean? Like, if yes. it was normalized, we'd be on to something else, right? <laughs> Like, we have to dedicate a freaking month to mental health awareness. That must mean that we are, you know, um, not the popular people, right? Um, So, uh, I will have to say this generationally. I think that the youth that I work with and the upcoming people talk about it more. I'm not saying it's always the most effective or always the healthiest, but they talk about their symptoms in ways that even my generation, I feel, or at least I shouldn't, I shouldn't generalize the way I feel the people that I hung out with. We didn't talk about that shit. Yeah. No. Like we, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. I don't think mental health was a conversation I had in high school, but yet I'm working with people in elementary, middle and high school that are talking about it. So I do want to give that general generation coming up some props in the sense that they're like this ain't right yeah (laughs) this feels wrong I can't function I have this so I mean I as much as we are culturally kind of hate on the different generations I do feel like they're at least having the conversation yeah and then it's up to us to figure out how to provide them um the supports and the environment that they need in order to thrive like with identifying it would be like if a child came up to me and said they were hungry like what I'm gonna not give you food or ignore you right like no like I'm feeling overwhelmed okay mm-hmm. you know I'm fucking I don't know you talk about the lunchrooms I just know that I worked in a high school for a while and I know that I've worked with young children and like kids are mean and we're not helping kids not be mean and we're not helping kids 
understand why a child is maybe being mean. Right. Or what jealousy feels like or what loss feels like. You know, I just had... Well, and then add this pandemic on top of it. Like... (laughs) Well, people don't think that, like, right? Everyone has this different idea of this pandemic. Like, just get over it or whatever. It, You know, and I think that that's super confusing for people because... I know I was in the grocery store when this all started. I was like, shit, get me back on medication because this motherfucking <laughs> line that I'm standing in, I cannot, I cannot be in the store with all these people. Yep. And then now I feel totally different, right? Because it's a season and it's understanding things and taking in knowledge as you learn and then growing from that. But I don't think that we give kids enough credit or we don't believe that they can understand a conversation like this sure. when they can. Oh, yeah. And they need it in yep. order to help them understand this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Instead of, in, instead of like, pointing out, oh, mental health, let's look at the structure and the system. Yes. So if we want to talk about how that hasn't changed, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like I said before, it's like schools are walking mental health institutions. So maybe they were like that before, but nobody talked about it. But now people are talking about it. So we either adapt to it or we don't. Yeah. And it feels like... And you can't expect teachers to handle all oh, of this. Correct. And you can't expect school counselors because like right, oh my head. school yeah. counselors, their education is to do what they're doing. Yep. And now we're asking them to do more, which isn't what they were necessarily trained in and they're trying to do their best. Yeah, your school has a school psychologist, but they're through at least Wisconsin and their Wisconsin DPI, like their certifications and credentials are usually to help IEPs and 504 plans like work well Mm -hmm. within a school setting. They're not meant to have scheduled therapy sessions, talk therapy sessions with children. And so I think it's a huge disservice as a community to think that, oh, this is working. Like we have these people with these titles, (laughs) but that's not their role. Or was it created to be their role? And so now you're putting this on them and they're doing the best they can, which may or may not be meeting everyone's needs well it's not i, I mean that's I just trying truth. to say it, <laughs> to say it nicely, let's just be yeah. real and then let's also like they don't get paid enough. no they're not trained they don't get paid enough and they don't have enough time in the day so that mean to me looking at that means the system isn't working yes. right and so that could be a whole nother topic but um while we are not in the system breaking field we are in the mental health trying to yeah. break that stigma field yeah. but um so that I think that it goes back to going to the therapist, right? Mm. Because I think that people don't go, right? Like <laughs> they, they just haven't talked about it. I think we've talked about a lot of different individuals who could go mm-hmm. or should go or like, but because of stigmas or myths that they believe mm-hmm. or are being told is why they don't go. And I think that that's part of it as well as like, oh, so the school system, and then we'll get off the school system because I don't want to be stuck on it the whole time. But like, do we have a belief that schools shouldn't have those professionals in there because they're school, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why we wouldn't want every child to see the therapist, even if the child was like, no, my day was good or I hated what was for lunch. You know, like sometimes those are emotions that a kid could happily work through and be able to handle another catastrophe that's way worse than a horrible lunch because Mm -hmm. they learned some skill. Sure. Yeah. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, because things come up. Yeah. I just think about kids and all the stuff that they experience, whether their environment is super healthy to someone's air quote, you know, norm, 
Well, um, school is usually looked at as kind of a safe place. Yeah. So the safer you could make it and give them healthier skills, that would be better. But culturally, we are, we're still working on breaking the stigma. So yeah. we're obviously, I don't think, going <laughs> to uh, solve all the world's problems today. Uh, but as far as going to a therapist, I mean, I think what often happens is people have this idea, again, that uh, it's a one-size-fits-all. And that's yeah. just not the case. And we also need to have this conversation that it's not one size fits all. And the research shows if you connect with your therapist, you're going to have better outcomes. And it's going to take a little research and it's going to take a little time. And you have to, you know, it does take, it's more yeah, than just. Yeah, you don't just fucking get to fire yeah. your therapist, though, because she told you something that you needed to hear and you weren't willing to hear. But you can get another therapist if it's not working. Because if you're yeah. not connecting mm-hmm. on that level, it's not going to be as effective as it would be. Well, and also if they're not trained in what you need. And so I also think we need to redirect the conversation in the sense that instead of being like, the resources are there, I feel like that's such a freaking cop out because yes, sure, they're there, but they're also might not be utilized because of all of the things that come in the way, such as insurance, such as the wait list. Just to put it out there, it's money. Money, the wait list, not enough clinicians. I mean, the three to six months on a wait list, that's very... For someone with mental who's identifying, right, you figure out their a wait list because you're in crisis most likely mm-hmm. in this time so again age, that yes. goes back to the to the system which yes. we're not <laughs> fully deconstructing today no. but sort of are but so it is and so you do need to do your research but I think the more we talk about it the more people are like yeah I have a therapist yeah. the easier it will be because that's really like word of mouth and those different types of things but it is it's not as tangible I guess as like you know as easy as being like the resources are there but okay but if people aren't utilizing them then what the heck is it for then is it just make you for right it's to make you feel good yeah because that can um it's also a loaded yes loaded whatever (laughs) and uh, I mean as far as ending the fear of normal really this is what it's going to take you know it's going to take all of us being vulnerable it's going to take all of us talking about it um and and have boundaries like no one's fucking saying go and tell someone about your worst depression time like or the biggest anxiety but it's it's having those conversations and i think it would be helpful to have a conversation of hey i learned this coping skill or i learned that when i start feeling this i should go do this because i know that that's a trigger or the start of something Mm -hmm. and i can go to that person you know and it's just i think that it doesn't have to be you divulging your deepest darkest secrets oh yeah i mean sometimes it's just mental health like you have a mental health concern you don't even have to give the full diagnosis if you don't want to well oftentimes in session what people even say is wow that just felt good to get it off my chest and like what i tell people is i'm an unbiased viewpoint right i'm clinically trained but we might be just chit-chatting, right? And, like, they just needed to get something off of their chest. But I'm able to help them in a way that somebody else that is close to them can't because I can see things objectively. Um, I had this – I think I mentioned this in a different podcast, but I I still love this analogy, Um, and this is my utopia. So if we can break the stigma, which we can, but once we do, like, literally looking at it like you're going to the brain doctor. So I had a client tell their kiddo, like, that they're going to therapy, and they're like, well, what does that mean? And uh, she was like, I'm going to the brain doctor. And, like, what a good way to classify it. Like, I'm somebody to help you work through your emotions (laughs) and um, uh, check up on your brain. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Or your nervous system or something like that. So um, maybe that will help. Uh, Coming to the brain doctor. Yes. 
Um, so what do you think some people can do? Um, um, so, right, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so I think that first would be just to have like we talked about repeatedly, that conversation. So maybe it's if someone does divulge to you that they have mm-hmm. a mental illness, like you just listening, like you don't have to be someone who has all the answers. Cause like you said, there are people who just need to get things off their chest. So whether you're the closest friend or the farthest friend, or if you see someone on Instagram or like reaching mm-hmm. out to just let them know that like, Hey, I'm here for you if you need anything um, in regards to them, like, talking about their mental health. Yeah, and so you're not, like, you don't have to solve other people's problems, right? Active listening is listening to what they're saying, Mm -hmm. right? And then um, also acknowledging, like, I think there's also this fear that it's like, oh, well, they noticed something's wrong with me or Mm -hmm. they pointed this out. So be kind and be gentle with it. But, like, you know, it could start with, like, hey, I follow this therapist on Instagram. Or, hey, have you seen this person's TikTok? Or, hey, check out this website, you know, or, hey, here's my therapist, yeah. <laughs> you know, like normalizing it again can yes. kind of help have that conversation. And I also think within your household or talk to your parents, talk to your sisters, talk to your I cousins. I'm learning is the older I get and the yeah. more I lo- have knowledge and mm-hmm. is that there was some mental illness within my family that like, <laughs> I'm like, I wonder what they think or feel, you Mm -hmm. know, like conversations that we should have had before that we never did. And imagine how that could like crack open so many things. And also that's also, if you're really interested in it, like the genetics of it. Yeah. Make that fucking family tree. (laughs) Make it. Gina, gram it up. Yes. Uh, My favorite color is jungle green. Jungle green? Yeah, it is. Is jungle green the green for awareness? Or I was going with But I like jungle green. I love forest green. Okay. Isn't that the same thing? I don't know. The, cra- we'll the Crayola crayon is somebody forest green. tell us. Yeah, if jungle green. Wait, shout out to Caitlin <laughs> if she's listening. This is Caitlin from my previous work. She let me know who the for the money matters one. Yeah. Um, who the guy was? Oh, she did. Yeah, she texted me. She's like, I'm not sure if anyone told you yet, but this is him. So thank you. So yes, we're serious about this color thing. Like, yeah. reach out to us. This is ju- I think they're different. Okay. I think they're the same, like, jungle green and forest green. But anyway, let okay. us know. But we would identify them as different yes. things. Um, so wearing green. Yes, wearing green. Green ribbons. I don't, it doesn't have to be a friggin' ribbon is what I say. I don't know. Make your background wall green. Mm-hmm. If anything, wear green. Um, and also maybe Maybe get your work involved. Like say, hey, can we have a specific day? Mm-hmm. Can we set it up? Pay $2, wear jeans hey, and a green Hey, do you guys want to listen to Tea Time with the Psychos? Uh, yeah. hey. Maybe not. <laughs> not at work, but yes. Well, maybe. Friends. I don't know. We got that explicit. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, they but, were swearing. Yeah. But also, you could be like, hey, Caitlin and Liz. Why don't you guys come in and actually talk to us yes. about mental health? Yeah, or Love to do that. Break time, lunch. You got to provide the lunch. Just kidding. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, definitely. Um, that would be, a, yeah, a good way. Another thing that yeah, could possibly I also happen. think we just started talking about that when we were talking about having the conversation. But, like, help end the stigma or bring awareness by sharing information. So mm-hmm. giving that referral to your therapist if you think that that person would go well. On knowing hotlines to call, even understanding that 211 is a huge resource that mm-hmm. that person should be like a, they should be a navigator of like all worlds and can kind of provide those things. But, you know, I think hotlines, knowing your community, understanding NAMI, I think is super great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about all of their services and what they offer, but I know it's just a, most communities actually have a NAMI. Mm-hmm. Um, 
knowing your county programs, I think just knowing different mental health, even in your profession, because right, how many people, even at your checkout line, I'm not saying the cashier needs to, but like you could come across someone who just might need a little number or mm-hmm. a little like, hey, go check this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, focusing on the symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. And we've just, we're still in a pandemic, right? This yeah. is a collective trauma. This is really, it, it's hit us all in different ways. So maybe you had low level symptoms before or some, but now they could be amplified. Mm-hmm. So you might as well go talk to somebody, see what they have to say, and then keep it moving or yeah. keep working with them. Um, listening to our podcasts, our different things yep. that we do, um, that's a that's a good way. Yeah. And there are a <laughs> lot of podcasts out there. Yeah. I can't remember. There's TikToks, too. I do have to say, some of my clients really have learned a lot. And I think it's a great way to learn if that's your learning style. (laughs) So now Caitlin's setting us up, by the way, to fucking make a TikTok. Uh, Which I will. I'll dance it out. No, I'm just kidding. Because I think a lot of mental health TikToks are more of, like, coping skills or different things that you can do within it. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the five this or this that yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah and then the whole thing about breaking the stigma is letting people know that they're not alone yes i'm not immune to this i'm not immune to this right you listening are not immune to this i'm sure the people you work with the people in your family the people on the street i and then i won't go into a detail but i can't somebody was talking about like not homeless people don't automatically have mental illness that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying somebody who is homeless was expressing that you know no one would look them in the eye Mm. and how degrading that was you know and how that made them feel so just remember like Mental health isn't scary. It's scary when you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody has something. Yes. Like, let's just be real. I'm not saying you gotta go give that person <laughs> on the side of the street a hug, but like the avoidance, like, yes, if you're not feeling safe, definitely go with your gut, but like, you know, don't over amplify it. Well, I think that also goes back to originally what we we're saying is the judgment mm-hmm. and the labels that are associated with it. We need to break that and recognize. Like, if people are obsessed with UFOs, fucking go with it. I don't know. There's a lot of research out there. <laughs> Caitlin's got me watching Ancient Aliens way I back when it. we first met. <laughs> I, I don't know. Don't. I'm convinced. Like, you know, and so if someone's like, I, I can talk to this person or I've been speaking here or this is really interesting. Teach them how to do it in a healthy way. Find mm-hmm. a support group on freaking Facebook and say, hey, this is who you can talk to about it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Communication is key. Knowledge is wonderful. <laughs> Jungle green versus green. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yes. Bye. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us and hope that you learned a few things. The importance of mental health issues continues to grow and we hope we shed some light on topics that are important to you while also fucking some shit up. <laughs> All right, let us know what topics you would want to learn more about and email us at teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Again, that's teatimepsycho at gmail.com. Thank, Thank you. you.